Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? We're out here at Grow 2020 in San Antonio. Man, what a fantastic time at Grow 2020. And this spectacular echo you hear, we are in the green room where all the special speakers like Larry Levine get to come and get makeup and the green M&Ms are... I, I'm assuming you get red in M and M's, Larry. Uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there staring at a lovely couch. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm staring at a toilet. <laughs> Hey, we're going to have a great time today. Welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. And if you're new, you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, doing the hard work. We call it Selling from the Heart. And Larry, uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback last week about our conversation with the sales doctor about fear. And I think this uh, conversation this week is going to dovetail with that beautifully. Yeah, you know, what, what's really interesting is I got a lot of feedback on that last week about fear because... A lot of salespeople have fear, and it's what do they do with it, right? How, how, a lot of them are just masking it. And the sales doctor in the podcast with Dr. Jerome Gafford last week really brought out that, hey, you have, to me, you really have nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we have been having a blast at the Grow Conference here in San Antonio. I am so full of ideas and inspiration, and some of the best inspiration I've gotten over the last two days has been from our guest. And Larry, uh, why don't you introduce our guest and let's dive into what is going to be an epic, fun, and entertaining conversation, I'm sure. No, I will. So when Stephanie Scheller asked me to speak at Grow 2020, I started to see the lineup of the speakers and I went through and I started connecting to them and all that. And I saw Jesse Cole and I go, you know, a lot of you guys know I'm a sales nerd and a sports geek. And I saw the Savannah Bananas in baseball and I go, okay, I got to reach out to this guy. And first of all, he probably thought I was a weirdo. I'm sitting there reaching out to him and I just all of a sudden, hey, I'm a baseball freak. Are you going to bring some stuff with you and all that? And Jesse's probably going, who the hell is this dude, right? But um, it, it just, you know, we talk a lot about selling from the heart and the experience that you bring as a sales professional. I think Jesse's really going to bring a whole different perspective on the fan experience and what that means. So without further ado, Jesse Cole, welcome to Selling from the Heart. I am so fired up to be in a bathroom <laughs> with you guys today. <laughs> okay, so let me preface this. So if you only knew where this green room was at, but... <laughs> hey, guys never really talk in the bathroom, so this is breaking all yeah. kinds of rules. At hey. least we're not at the urinals. Like, we're sitting down, like, this is much better for me. All right, well, Jesse, you know the question that all of our guests get, at, and we're going to have a fantastic conversation today, but I really am curious... Uh, when you hear the words selling from the heart, what does that mean to you? Well, to me, it means selling from the heart, you never sell. Actually, I believe you're just, you have purpose, you have passion in what you're doing. So you believe in something. So I've never felt like a salesperson once in my life, ever once. I've always felt like I'm just sharing something I'm passionate about and people want to buy. And I think the best salespeople, people want to buy. They don't want to be sold. 
Oh, that's so good. That's so good. It's it's the uh, and Jess uses this a lot. It's the PT Barnum. Explain where the whole PT Barnum. How was he an inspiration behind all this? Uh, yeah, I mean PT Barnum. A favorite quote from him: "Something terrible happens without promotion. Nothing." And and and, 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 and PT, you know, you know, obviously I wear a yellow tuxedo top hat. I first put on uh, the tuxedo influenced by PT Barnum, and you know what we do is we put on a show at our ballparks and. That's what we try to do is just provide fun and hopefully we never have to sell. And because you are so passionate, you have purpose behind something that, that that's why people want to be a part of it. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, I can't imagine that any of our listeners haven't heard of the Savannah Bananas. Will you tell us the, the 90 second story of how this all came to be and, and what makes you unique? Sure. Savannah Bananas <laughs> are one of the lowest levels of baseball there is. So let's start with that. All right? We're just a shade above high school baseball or college summer baseball. And uh, my wife and I uh, started a, a brand new team there in 2016. Professional baseball was there for 90 years, but they failed because only a couple hundred fans were going to the games. So we came into Savannah with this goal to make it something really special. And we came in and we sold two tickets in the first three months. So Beautiful. it was very painful. People were like, who are you guys? And we had to get dramatically different so uh, we named the team the bananas we came up with a senior citizen dance team uh, in their women in their 70s called them the savannah banana nanas and we had uh you know we went crazy all collusive tickets break dancing first base coach full pep bands and lo and behold uh four years later we've sold out every single game and have a wait list for tickets in the thousands um over four thousand people a night so we built it into an experience and uh we've been fortunate that people are coming out and having fun with us no and jesse just brings up a really great point about having a wait list and i want salespeople to think about that and the leaders who are listening to this can you imagine if you had a wait list of customers that were waiting to do business with you right what would that be like uh, I want to dive in. What, what does it take to create a wait list? So yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't dive in this in this much, but you start with a small thing. So for instance, for us, it was get that first game sold out. So we chose, we looked at one game. Could we get a bunch of groups a part of that and then announce a game sold out? So people are like, who are these guys? Are like, wait, a game sold out? They've never sold out a game at the stadium. So we right. had that one focus. And then we had season tickets. We only had 400 seats, box seats. We said, all right, let's sell those out. Well, now it's 400 seats are sold out. So everyone's hearing now they're selling out. It's creating this demand. And then all of a sudden they came and they experienced and said, wow, we got to get tickets. If you want to start getting big wait lists for everything you're doing, start with something small. Start with something small you can sell out. And that was huge for us. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, we talk a lot on the podcast about creating a client experience as a sales mm-hmm. rep. You know, if you look, you're going out and, and most of our listeners, uh, whether they're in B2B or B2C mm-hmm. sales, they're going out, they're selling a product that mm-hmm. is the same as everybody yep. else's widget. I mean, let's be yep. honest. Um, their companies all have great service yes. quotes and, you know, satire included. Um, and and it's up to the sales professional if they're going to differentiate. You can't do it on product. Yep. You can't do it on your company. Yep. It's on you. It's on me as a sales professional to differentiate. Mm-hmm. And I think the lessons uh, that that you've learned in the Savannah Bananas have incredible application to sales professionals. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's say <laughs> instead of the yellow suit. Yes. You were in the blue suit, mm-hmm. the white shirt, and the red tie that I had to wear as a corporate sales professional. Mm-hmm. And you were given a territory of companies that you had to call on. And what would you do? Well, it depends on, it depends on what I'm selling. Okay, well, let's, let's pick something. Uh, what are we going to pick? Fruit. Fruit. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> No, let's say you had to sell something really boring. Like Larry's spent his whole career selling the copy machines. So, we saw, so I came out of the copier. <laughs> yes. So take that example because we had to wear it, right? Or payroll I, I services or something. Just it, that you had to wear that corporate suit, 
the corporate atmosphere selling a commoditized product. <laughs> what would you do? I'm really curious without, well, without I, getting fired. Uh, again, <laughs> I can only go from our framework and our framework is what are people saying about you and how do right. you create these? You wouldn't believe moments. And so I would say what makes you different? What makes you memorable? You can't talk about your product. You can't talk about the price. So it's, it's the questions that you need to ask. So yeah. if I'm doing that, I would think about, all right, what am I doing in the experience? How am I getting noticed? What am I, when I respond to emails, when I answer the phone, what's special? What's mm. different? When I first show up on the call, how do they remember me? I remember this one guy, uh, I don't forget what he was selling, but he's like, I always showed up with a pizza wherever I came to the sales. I always showed up with a pizza. <laughs> and they knew I was the pizza guy. I didn't, literally, I was the pizza guy and I didn't sell pizza. But he right. became, but he's known like as the pizza guy. So it's like, what do you want to be known for? And again, it's a tougher question, but it takes kind of taking a, a chance, taking a first step because so many people are scared of that. I mean, I'm in a yellow tuxedo every single day. Right. At the airports, the looks that I get at the airports, it's like, what is wrong with that guy? <laughs> and, but you know what? It, it gets noticed. And you know what? For me, it usually brings a smile to people. It's like, all right, this guy's fun. This guy's different. Right. And so it becomes memorable. So yeah. what is that about you that's memorable? And whether I mean, even simple things like business card. We have baseball card business cards. If you have a name tag, what makes your name tag different? What makes your email signature different? What are those things that people will talk about? It's like, this isn't like the, the typical salesperson. So many people try to be like everyone else. We weren't, yeah. born, we weren't born to fit in. We were born to stand out. Beautiful. So I'm just saying, like, that's what I think about. Yeah, because that... What Jesse just said, I think is the hardest thing because I always ask salespeople, you know, you got to set your product aside. You got to set your company yep. aside. You mm-hmm. have five minutes. Why you? Because in the, in the corporate world, in a lot of stuff that we do, we're working with salespeople, yep. sales teams in a corporate mm-hmm. setting. And so many people are hiding behind their company. I'm asking them, you know, I'm not here to disrespect your company or anything like that. Let's set that aside. Mm-hmm. You got five minutes to shine what makes you different and that's the hardest yeah. thing for anybody to answer and I think the biggest thing you're selling yourself and the enthusiasm goes a bit long way I remember reading Walt Disney with P.T. Barnes one of my biggest mentors is read uh, and I read How to Be Like Walt and I've read it numerous times and he told the this, told this story about how when he was first trying to get uh, sponsors involved with Disney World and he was building it and so he went to a big company a Fortune 500 company got in the boardroom and he had to pitch them on the idea of putting advertisements uh, on the new Thunder, Thunder Mountain you know Thunder Mountain yeah. at Disney world yeah and so he's in there and he's given this whole pitch about the thunder mountain and he's talking about it's gonna have this and this and it's gonna make people feel and he's given this whole animation he's actually doing like a full-fledged animation like he was delivering a movie to them and all of a sudden they're like all right let us talk he goes it'll be two hundred fifty thousand dollars. they go let us talk you walk outside they're out for about 30 minutes they come in and said all right we'll do it and they walked out signed the deal walked out and the chairman said what did we just buy <laughs> they didn't even know what they bought. But, but you know what I'm saying? They were excited about it. They yeah. bought because of the enthusiasm. If, if right. you are passionate about something, if you're enthusiastic, if you're just selling and you don't believe it, if you're not from the heart, don't sell it. Stop selling that because you need right. to find something that you believe in. I am so passionate about what we do because I see it every day when people leave the ballpark. I saw a grown man after one of the last games. He comes up and gives me this huge hug, a big mustache, big hug. I'm like, whoa, what was that? He goes, you have no idea what your games mean to me. My, my mother and I haven't talked for years, but she came out to a game, watched the players dance, watch the male cheerleading team, had the time of her life. Now my mother and I sit together at every single game. You've helped bring our relationship together. How can I not share that? Because I believe in it. Right. So that's what Walt got up and he animated. He knew that Disney World was going to make a huge impact. Belief is number one in sales. You've got to believe in it. And, and he brings up a good point. I want you to, if you can expand on this. Um, so in one of Jesse's workshops that he had here at the Grow 2020, he was talking about creating your belief statements. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that's helped you grow yes. the Savannah Bananas. So how could, since this is a sales audience, 
let's just think for a moment as, as a salesperson. I know yeah. sales isn't in, in your vocabulary, but how could a sales individual or a sales team use the power behind belief statements to possibly help them grow their sales or strengthen their relationships with their well, clients? Well, what do you stand for? What are you fighting against? You know, you got to look at like, so a manifesto, if you write a manifesto, for instance, T-Mobile, I'm one of the first people to actually get a T-Mobile phone back when people were like, you got a T-Mobile phone? Like this was like five years ago because I believed in what they were saying. We're not going to have contracts. We're going to, they, they literally came up with the uncarrier manifesto, T-Mobile. And they said all these things that they're not, that people hate about the phone industry. Right. And I was like, you know what? I believe in that. I bought T-Mobile. It didn't work that well for a couple of months. And then, <laughs> then it started working well. And now their revenues have doubled, tripled. They've become a big player right. because they were stating what who they are, what they stand for. So yeah. whether the company you're working for, what are those beliefs that forget about the product? This is who we are. Like for us, like fans first is everything. We're for the fans. The fans deserve a better experience at the ballpark. They do. They've been a nickel and dime. Baseball is long, slow, and boring. They deserve something better. They deserve to have a great experience. And that's why all those things we eliminate, whether there's shipping fees, hidden fees, you know, make all of our tickets all inclusive. So when we go sell it, quote unquote, which we don't call it sales, it's just coming right out of our heart, as you say. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> From the heart. Hey, you know, I love when you when we're in your workshop, you really challenge us to go like, where are the friction points? Where is where is where are the moments inside an experience? And you think from sales from the time you first contact yes. someone all the way through to the order and, and beyond that it's just they just suck. They're yes. they're lame, they're boring, or they're just flat out inconvenient. Yeah. And I love you challenged us to identify mm -hmm. those those things. Um, I think one of the most practical things a rep can do is take a look at that experience from the cold call, if you will, or for the beginning of the relationship all the way through to, to the close and identify the things that just are lame. hundred percent. Well, I mean, fix them, right? a, a cold call is a friction point. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, so, so think about that. How many people, it's terrible. how many people wake up in the morning and say, you know what? Today I want to be sold. I hope someone calls me in the middle of the day, <laughs> in the middle of the day when I'm going to have someone else call me, interrupt me, and then tell me something that I'm not thinking about, I'm not interested in, and then not want to get off the phone because right. they're trying to make the sale. Yeah. No one wants that. No. So what would be the opposite of that? Same thing with, let's, why we eliminated all ads in our ballpark. No one wants to be advertised to when they come to an experience. Why is Netflix winning? There's no ads. Right. That's a friction point. Why does we all get frustrated on YouTube because we have to skip through the ads in the beginning? Right. All right. So as a salespeople, what are those friction points in the beginning? And so we just great try to question. eliminate them. Yeah, great question to ask. Because I, I always share with salespeople, you can control what you can control and you can't control some of the other things. You got to focus on you and the experience that you bring to somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's why when I was out in the field, I was really hypercritical of the beginning because I'm a big believer. First impressions matter. Mm -hmm. It's that first couple minutes you have with somebody that's going to determine what happens next. And then at the very end, when they do decide to do business with you, that's when you got to throw this thing on steroids. Mm -hmm. Right. And think about it too, when you first walk in, if you're doing a, a call where you're coming in and you're meeting someone, what is, what's that first thing when they see you? Are you smiling? Are you thinking about like everything that you might do wrong or what you need to do? How is that first impression when they see you? Because you can feed off that. It's contagious. Mm -hmm. So we, we think about that always. You know, back in the day when, you know, people that are single and, uh, you know, if someone's single at a bar, you can also tell it. But someone that's not single, because they're not fighting for it. If you come in, I got to fight, like literally, oh, oh, he's trying to make the sale. We go like this. <laughs> yeah, right. But how do you say, you know that it's a great product you'll share it and they'll want it that's yeah. what attracts go the opposite commission breath commission breath <laughs> just thinking about that yes that's what you guys that's no, exactly yeah. breath, because right. it's like no no please 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 so like no yeah. things sales take off when you're, you're not really thinking about it all the time you're thinking about just the opportunities and how you can help not thinking about yourself thinking about how you can serve others that's the big thing 
Whenever we're thinking about, oh, we got to get this because of the quota or because of the amount of calls, you won't get as many sales. But you're thinking about how can you provide the most value? What can you do to give to the, mo- the people the most? That's the difference. Yeah, and I think it goes thinking above and beyond because I think what a lot of companies think is value may not be value to somebody else. It's just so normal. We, we say, you know, you got to jump out of that box. I know it's a cliche. Yeah. But what are some, you know, that's what I liked at, at your workshop is you, you, you had people thinking, right? What's normal? Yeah. And then what's the opposite? And write those down. And just do just do non-normal well, things. Well, you know, turn the normal to remarkable, the boring to yeah. fun. You know, you think about all those things. No one gets excited about normal. Normal gets normal results. We've seen it firsthand. I mean, we were failing. When we first came to Savannah, I mean, literally, I mean, we were marketing like everyone else. But no one wanted. No one cared. We were doing all the same. We were doing sales calls like crazy. They're like, who are you? They didn't know. We had to go dramatically different, get their attention first, and then start making it fun. That was the big thing for us. It's incredible. And I think, you know, when I'm, as I've been listening to you and, and uh, I mean, I'm just so inspired by this story. It's fantastic. And we, uh, we get to work with some sports teams out there too. So this is even more fun <laughs> just because, uh, Larry, the sports baseball junkie, I'm, uh, I'm Canadian. So I'm, I'm a little, we did invent oh. baseball, by the way, I believe, uh, you can look it up. I mean, after I, double day, there was the. I mean, we could look up the video. That's fine. <laughs> I remind Larry that from time to time. To, well, he tried to call me out on it. So one day, Daryl goes, hey, do you know Canadians invented baseball? I said, dude, you're full of crap. And I was sitting there, I Google it, I go, you're right. <laughs> That's good. So we should have Canada Appreciation Day at the ballpark sometime. Yeah, we'd have Just three or four people be excited about exactly. that. That'd be good. Yeah. You know, focus on those three or four. But you know what I, what I really love about all this, and, and beyond, beyond all the, I mean, crazy, yeah. fun, creative... <laughs> All of that, what I really sense inside you is a heart that really cares about people. And, you know, and, and this is what's so beautiful about, about this is, yes, there's dancing mm-hmm. nanas and there's all kinds of craziness. Just go on YouTube and Google the Savannah or and, and look up the Savannah Bananas. You're going to mm-hmm. see total madness. But behind it is like this sincere heart mm-hmm. to give people an experience that makes their life better. Mm-hmm. And that story about the father mm-hmm. and his mother and the stories mm-hmm. um, that you've told throughout the, the, this is the beautiful thing is who would think that a baseball game could have an uh, impact on someone's life mm-hmm. the way. And, and I think the implication for us and our listeners, Larry is who would think that a salesperson working in corporate America could have an impact on somebody's life. But the reality is it's possible, right? Yeah, you, you, have to, you have to look at the output. I mean, I have experiences at our ballpark that I try to channel and think about. At the end of each night, you know, we focus on the first impression and the last impression. At the end of the night, when our band's playing music, the players are out <laughs> greeting fans, we have a free s'more station, and I'm dancing with fans. It's my favorite moment because it's 1030 at night, people are still there, <laughs> and we're dancing and having fun, and you're in the moment. And I think I watch these people as they just leave smiling and laughing, and I think... Any salesperson, they have to understand and think about, you know, after they leave, what are they thinking about that interaction with you? Can you be the best part of someone's day? Mm. And so, so that's what we think about. So as a salesperson, you already have that mindset, oh, they may not be looking forward to this. This is tough. So, but what, even those three minutes, even if you don't sell them anything, right. can you make them smile? Can you make them laugh? Can you make a better part of their day and add value? Then you win in the long run. So that's what we tell everyone on our staff. It's focus on every time, every moment. You know, one fan a day. Every game is someone's first game. Every game is someone's first game. Every day is someone's first interaction with you. How do you make them feel? Wow. 
That's so good. That's so good. I mean, it is because unfortunately, if we if we look at the opposite of what you just said, Jesse, is unfortunately in sales, as many don't want to talk to somebody unless they're ready to buy something they can sell something to them. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's just get real. That doesn't happen all the time. And it may happen later on or it may happen three months from now or it may happen six months from now. But it's that first interaction, like you said, and it's that relationship that you build with somebody. And I always say, you know, you got to be able to educate, engage in and excite people into a conversation. 100%. And if you can't do that as a sales professional, then I say get out of sales. Go 100%. find another career. Yeah. And you got to be able to play the long game. You yes. got you yeah. got to understand. So like I'll give an example that I wrote 159 blogs before I actually posted one. I was scared. I was nervous. I put all these things and I was like, I was here. I was like, I'm this crazy banana guy. Does anyone want to hear what I have to say? And I was scared. And I finally said, you know what? I'm going to put it. And I would put one out with nothing. I'm not looking for anything in return. I'm just posting it out. And this was about two and a half years ago. And I started saying, every day I'm just going to put something out at adding value, whether it's something I've learned, some book that I've read. And I started just sharing this. I've never once said, book me to speak, book me to do a workshop with you, book, come to a bananas game. I've never once said that. But over two years, the first few months, nothing. No comments, no likes. But now, I'm so fortunate the opportunities keep coming because I never was asking for anything in return. I was just sharing value. And people say, hey, can you come speak here? Or how do we get bananas tickets from all over? Because they're seeing it. So how can you play value in the long game? You show up first, be the best part of someone's day, and then they continue to give without asking for anything in return. And eventually, it'll come back full circle. Uh, that's perfect. I can't think of anything that sums up selling from the heart better than that. And uh, man, I'm so thankful for you. <laughs> I know our uh, our listeners can't wait to devour your book. We'll put a link in the uh, in in the podcast show notes. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if you could say one thing to a global audience of sales professionals to wrap this up. What would you say? You know, it's funny. I usually they go into fun themes, like you know, like the fact <laughs> that our players wear kilts and we do break dancing first base coaches, and you know, all the things that we do. Um, but it's on the back of our fans' first playbook, and again. The name of our company is Fans First Entertainment. Beautiful. All right. Our mission is Fans First Entertain Always. We want to bring fans first to the world and treat people like fans, like really care for them. And that's your people and then that your employees and that's also people outside. But on the back of our Fans First playbook, it says something simple. And this goes to everyone on our team. Be patient in what you want for yourself, but be impatient in how much you give to others. Beautiful. And if you do that, everything else takes care of itself. Man, I absolutely love it. Jesse, thank you so much for uh, all that you are. All that you're doing, the inspiration you're providing, um, I'm so fired up. I can't wait uh, for everyone to see what is going to happen to Selling from the Heart training as a result of this experience. You just wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, but uh, Jesse, thank you. Larry, it's been a blast. Any final words from Grow 2020? You know, I, I think the, the biggest thing that, that I got out of this was everybody who spoke at Grow 2020 had a servant's heart. They were yeah. out there to truly give value and share from the heart. And, and I think that becomes contagious. I saw, I saw it in the, in the people that were in the crowd, everyone coming up to all the speakers saying, you know what, you touched my heart, you shared great stuff with us, thank you. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Well, thank you everybody. Uh, thanks for sharing the podcast. Thanks for the shouts out. Uh, we'd love to talk with you. Thanks to our friends at Send Out Cards. You can check that out at cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. Send a thank you card to somebody on, on the house. It's on us. Until next week, keep being genuine. Keep being authentic. Keep adding real value. Make the experience with the clients fun. And most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. 
If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.